We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I have to dig a hole for this baby bird and my friend's helping me. And she goes, did you ever think in your life you would be burying a bird that you killed in rehab? And I was like... To be honest, it's not the most shocking thing. It wasn't at the bottom of the list if we're going to be real. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. We're back, baby. Back, baby. I mean, is it season two? I love when podcasts do that. They're like, this is season two. It's like, no one gives a fuck. No one's paying attention. No one's keeping track. Uh, but sure. I did have a few DMs being like, are you doing your podcast anymore? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's been, what is it has been five weeks, six weeks? Something like that. Yeah. I think the last podcast I was talking about going to LA, I had a trip to Hawaii planned. Mm-hmm. Big ambitions, mm-hmm. but never made it to Hawaii. <laughs> Probably good. It sounds like that was for the best. I mean, I really haven't talked to you at all. No. I don't, yeah, I don't even know where to start. Like, I, we're not having a guest tonight. I don't know if that's clear. <laughs> I forgot how to podcast. I've been in rehab for a month. Should I just start with that? I've been in rehab for a month. Yeah, let's just start there. Like, so we're back because. <laughs> I will say, though, the rehab I went to was for trauma and they also had mood disorders. Hmm. So a lot of people weren't in there for substance abuse i will say the more fun to be around people were the substance abuse issues (laughs) well because if you have a mood a true mood disorder it's hard to get out of a funk whereas with if you're an addict it's like you know obviously you're going to change a lot but yeah you're still fun (laughs) right you know that was always at the core of the issue (laughs) is that we were too fun but to be fair i went in for trauma Mm -hmm. but i was like let's throw addiction on there I wanted classes with the hot guys. I wanted some group therapy with the guy wearing true religion flip-flops. You know what I mean? He was hot. He Uh, sounds it. I wanted to be with the celebs. So I went, I took the addiction track. Plus I really should stop drinking. Let's be real. I mean, you know, I mean, I know this is probably rule number one of the thing you're not allowed to talk about. Which celebs did you meet? I'll bleep it. But you know who lived in my lodge? Who? Nice. <laughs> he was like the big celebrity at the rehab. But it's like, of course, if you grew up watching someone do whippets and jump off of a roof, if that was like your favorite TV show, obviously you're going to end up in rehab. So like everyone was obsessed with him and everyone knew who he was. Yeah. But also was like not shocked. You're like, yeah, man, this is fine. 
totally makes sense. Yeah. There was no part of me that was like, really? Yeah. Oh, oh. you know, rehab. It was one of those things where <laughs> I met a lot of cool people, like, you know, yeah. but you don't think you're going to go to rehab. You know, you're like, oh my God, that person went to rehab. And then I went. And then you're looking person. in the mirror. You're like, oh, oh, that person is me. That is me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely weird. I mean, I was pretty public about what happened. Yeah. But before I went to rehab, <laughs> I, I think the last time we talked to the podcast, yeah, I was getting ready to go to LA. I was like, I can't wait to party. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't have said that. But, um, my boyfriend broke up with me, mm-hmm. but it was coming. I mean, if you listen to the last two episodes, I'm like, he's yelling at me. He doesn't want to have sex with me. And then I was like, weird. He broke up with me. Um, <laughs> Left field, man. <laughs> it was just, I was totally blindsided by Shocked. the whole thing. Shocked. I mean, it was getting, it was one of those things where it, I mean, you met him. It went, it went too fast. Mm-hmm. Look, let's be honest. It went way too fast. It was I mean, like one of those roller coasters. At- yeah, you started at the top of the roller coaster. Like you started at the moving in stage. So it you could only go up so high before something was going to happen. But I mean, re- breakups suck regardless. So well, I was talking to my therapist about it because you know he moved in with me after. If you're new to the podcast, I had a boyfriend. I just would like to say I did have a boyfriend at one point in time. I like to. You, I'm still going to use that as a brag. I've, I've been in a relationship. Okay. I know how these things work. Yeah. Now you uh, have like a new benchmark when people ask you like, oh, I just got out of my last relationship, like blah, blah, months ago. So Exactly. So basically, <laughs> you know, I wasn't in a good place for a long time. I let a man move in with me after a week of knowing him, two weeks, maybe and he moved like in yeah. and then he got his own place and things got weird. He just completely changed. Hmm started yelling at me for everything. No, don't like that. Saying mean things and then being like, I'm just kidding, which that's what guys do when they're being an asshole. Yes. It's also just like, hey, I was an asshole 16 year old girl. Don't play the game that I've already played. Yeah. I don't need a grown man acting like a middle school bitch. Not cute. But I mean, you know, I feel, I feel um, a little embarrassed because I jumped into the relationship too fast. Nah. I didn't have any boundaries. I learned a lot about boundaries in rehab. That was a new thing. Good. They gave me some uh, visual charts that I, I took them home. I can make copies for you. I'd love that. But yeah, I just jumped in too quick and he was supposed to come on me, come with me on that vacation. <laughs> come on me. He did that several times. Um, anyway, uh, he was supposed to come with me to LA, bailed mm. naturally, naturally. And I just had this bad feeling. I, I don't want to say I'm psychic, but I think I got some psychic shit in me because the night, the day of the night he broke up with me, he broke up with me the night before I'm supposed to go to New York and stay with him. So I had to get a hotel, right. but I told my mom, I was like, I think he's going to break up with me. And my mom was like, why do you say that? And I was like, I just, I just know. And um, he did. And then I flew to LA. My best friend picked me up from the airport and we, she was trying to like cheer me up, but I was just in a funk. Mm. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to die. And she was like, what do you mean you feel like you're going to die? I was like, I don't know. I just have this really bad feeling in my stomach and I don't know what it is. I can't get rid of it. And she's like, you're just going through a breakup and you've been taking a ton of edibles and mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I was like, true, probably overthinking it. Yeah. And then that Monday, the night before my birthday, I got fucking abducted. And the guy like sexually assaulted me in the back of his fucking Kia. Oh God, that's insult to injury right there. It was insane. I was with my guy friend. We were at dinner and we left together. And I was like, Carlos for Hannah. And he was like, yep. And I get in the car 
And I was like, do you mind? Or before I was like, do you mind dropping off my friend? He's, he's right around the corner. And the guy was like, yeah, no problem. And then, yeah, anyway, I can't really talk too much about it because, uh, I mean, I'm going to trial with this guy, obviously, and I have to wait for the DNA to come back. So I don't really want to be getting into it too much, but it's really fucking scary Yeah, because even when I was with the detectives the next day, they got a call for another girl that this happened to the night before. And they said this happens every single day. Yeah. You, I mean, not to diminish what happened to you because it's fucking ridiculous you're the third close friend I have that this has happened to not just like oh I know a girl or I heard of a girl or something third close person that I know well that that's happened to so it just gets to a fucking point what city were they in they were picked up by a person pretending to be their uber driver and then they were their uber driver because I don't think it's always a fake driver I think it's sometimes the driver and then they just take advantage of the situation it's fucked up it happened in Texas it's happened in, I think, Chicago, it happened. And there was one other. I can't remember where she was when it happened. She doesn't live there anymore. But this is also the other fucked up part. Okay, so the LAPD funding was cut $150 million. Mm-hmm. And people are like, yay, we did it. It's like, you think they're going to take away their guns and cars? No, they took away overtime. So yeah. now police officers are not allowed to work overtime. So the DNA for my case is backed up three months because they legally cannot work overtime. So I don't even think I'm going to go to trial until like maybe next year. And they can't arrest him yet because they can't hold him. So even if they arrest him, because they could arrest him right now, basically, yeah. is all I'm going to say. Right. But they can't because then he could run. But um, this happened to my other friend's cousin. Mm-hmm. So basically, my friend said that her cousin talked to the police and they said what they think Uber drivers are doing now is they're pulling up. And they'll park behind their friend who's in a very similar car. And when a girl gets into their friend's car, they cancel the ride and their friend takes off. And um, this is like a a basically a fucking sex ring that's happening through Uber. And instead of Uber trying to change things or somehow create some way of, you know, making it safe, they just have changed their liability waiver so that they are completely detached from the situation. So even like my phone got stolen in an Uber not too, not too long ago. Yeah. And I was sober then. So I will say that. And I called him and I said, I left my phone in your car and he took off with it. And I called Uber and they said, we are not responsible for our drivers. That is part of their new contract. Like they have completely detached themselves from any responsibility. So it's just really terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, I was stupid and I, you know, I don't want to victim blame myself because- no. No. And that's the shitty part. Like you always think of it where it's just like, okay, well now I won't take Uber when I'm drunk. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do then? Like, I'm not, I don't have a car. I'm not driving. Like then it's just a cab situation. Or like, I've had friends that have said, they're like, well now, like I, until a girl pops up, I just cancel my Ubers. I'm like, let's be honest with like, who has time for that? I don't, Yeah, I'm trying to get home. Like I got, I was coming home from the airport earlier today and got very lucky with having a female Uber driver. Or I think I took Lyft because after this situation, I'm like, fuck you guys. But it was also just like, it was a weird reaction to be like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God I got a girl from the fucking airport at two o'clock in the afternoon. But that doesn't matter either. It's such a weird, like, it's supposed to be the thing that I think even recently Uber came out or somebody came out like a couple of years ago where they're like, oh, we might not pick up drunk people anymore. It's like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense, but but also how would they fucking monitor that if they're not even no. they're not even doing interview processes with Clearly. their drivers and they're not even doing full background checks that's the yeah. other part 
that's the fucked up part. Like that's wild. Well, the other thing is, is the police say that a lot of girls don't press charges because they were drunk and they don't want their parents to know. And they go to the rape center or whatever, and mm-hmm. they, they get the test done, yeah, but yeah. they don't process or they don't go to trial because they don't want to have to relive it or they don't want their parents to find out or whatever. But a lot of times when girls do go to trial, they'll run the DNA in the system and the guy will already be in there from like seven other women. Yeah. It's really fucking sick. Yeah. God. Yeah. I think the shitty part is too. Like there are a lot of people that think the same way. They're like, well, I was drunk. So if it comes out that I was drunk and this happened to me, no one will believe me. Everyone will just think I'm an idiot. All this different stuff. It's like, no, like Uber is there baseline there to pick you up when you have no way, no other way of getting to where you need to be. I mean, that is the sad part of it is that mm-hmm. <laughs> women feel responsible because they were drunk. Like I felt a little responsible, but the thing is, is my drinking problem doesn't give a guy a right to rape me. And those are two separate fucking issues, which is why it's so sad is that women feel bad because they were drunk when men, they have no remorse for raping women. And that's the fucked up part of this whole system is like, women are like, well, I shouldn't have been drunk. It's like, yes, like, maybe, but (laughs) alcohol is legal. So yeah, like, Yes, being drunk is dangerous, but that does not mean that it is your fault. And like, just because you're drunk does not give a man a right to rape you. And for some reason that has translated in our society. Yeah, because that's always the first thing people go for. And I think it's also fucked up that it's like, think of all the things that have happened to you since this happened and that you, the steps that you've taken and all the action that you've taken to quote unquote fix yourself when it happened to you. Whereas the person that did the thing is probably still like smoking weed and raping people in the back of his Uber. Like he didn't change anything. His life didn't change. And he was the one that did it. You were the one that it happened to. And you've made all these different changes and strides and all that stuff. Like that's not how that's supposed to go. It's supposed to be like, you did the wrong thing. Fix your wrong. Not let me fix myself for doing absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, (laughs) it was just such a wake up call for me. And it just shows like I cannot control anyone around me. And I've been disappointed. You know, I just went through a breakup and I was really disappointed by the way that he treated me in the end. And I was really sad. But I mean, through this experience, I just realized like I can't control anyone but myself. And that's why I was like, I was the one who was like, I want to go to rehab. I was like, I need to. It wasn't even just about like never drinking again it was more about like one trauma lives in the body so it lives in your nervous system so even if you can mentally get over it it fucks you up so I had to do you know it's just like so much fucking therapy because I was like I have shit to do I can't like live with this and be depressed and feel sorry for myself for a year I don't have time and I don't have time to feel like this so I don't all out please well because clearly it's like if I had just ignored what had happened, I would be such in the long run, it would fuck me up so much more. Yeah. And I was a little embarrassed to go to rehab. Like no one's like, you know, I don't think that was written in anyone's five-year plan, but (laughs) I was like, I just like never thought I'd be here. And everyone at the table was like, yeah, neither did we. Kind (laughs) of the goal, but it's also, it's the people that think that way that never really go that really, really need it. Whereas you're like, I don't have fucking time. So we're just going to get this all out. We're going to work on it now rather than having to come to that realization in another year where maybe you've like things have gone way downhill when they didn't really need to, or you just couldn't control it or didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to drink again just because 
honestly, I should be dead right now. And the fact that I'm not is like, I don't know. I'm, I better be a fucking star, dude. Someone's in my corner. (laughs) (laughs) I better be a goddamn fucking star because I can't, I mean, it, I mean, I, this happened according to my outgoing 911 calls. This happened on the first hour of my birthday and spending the day at UCLA rape center Mm-hmm. and my birthday's on everything so they're like oh and it's your birthday I was like yeah the saddest part about this an aging woman in Hollywood um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I really don't want to talk about it <laughs> yeah they're like "Ooh, it says actress as occupation the nurse was like you have time for a 30-day rehab <laughs> <laughs> my poor friend got it because they have to take photos so it's like yeah. your whole naked body is blown up on a screen And the nurse is just, you know, collecting the evidence and it's on the screen just for everyone, everyone to see. And I was like, can I get a copy of this for my OnlyFans? (laughs) (laughs) And the nurse was like, yeah, I think you need to go process this because I was clearly just like real trying to get through it. I was like, I don't know if I can go for 30 days. I was like, I'm going to Hawaii next week. And the nurse was like, no, you're not. So I was like, all right. Um, Fair enough. You're right. <laughs> fair. But no, it's just, um, I feel weird coming back and doing a podcast because it's like, what happened was like very scary, but I just feel really grateful to be alive. Yeah, I'm grateful you are too. And But I think it's also like, it's one of those things that it is talking about it and it is doing the thing where you're not like, well, can't tell my mom and I can't do this. Like it's putting it out there to let other people know like, Hey, this definitely happens. FYI. It really, really happens all the time. I can't believe, you know, three people. I wish I didn't know three people that this has happened to. I mean, where are they now? Are they okay? They didn't do what you did. So I don't know if I don't really know. They seem fine, but obviously everybody seems fine. Everyone deals with things differently. Um, so it's just, but like, I think that's the shitty part. It's just like, yeah, I know enough people and clearly it still happens. Like nothing's been done to change it that it's just like, what the fuck? Like it becomes a thing where the people that still don't think it's an issue or the people that do the victim blaming thing. It's like, no, dude, it's happened to three distinct different women that have different personalities and different stuff altogether. And it happens. So yeah, there's no like common variable. No they're common like, variable except for they're me. not all blonde. No, <laughs> different cities. You know, some of them had jobs. Crazy. <laughs> My really successful friends, those are the ones that get attacked, but not the other ones. Uh, but yeah. she was a single woman by herself, so obviously she was more into her career. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't have a man by her side, so obviously she was a working woman. Um, she had a really nice purse, and she was going back to a good apartment alone. <laughs> fucking killing it that's fucking sick but I was debating not telling anyone like not being honest but then when I told my friends and the amount of people they put me in touch with that this has happened to I was like yeah I'm gonna be public about it because this is scary yeah and you don't think it's gonna happen to you Mm -mm. and it does and then it does and it's truly terrifying yeah it's and there's it it's um yeah I I can't even it it, the thing that makes me so sad is that this happens it's gonna happen tonight and that's like it just like really upsets me it it's just a weird it's a weird thing to talk about I don't even and it sucks because I want to be like girls be safe out there but it's just like 
you know, what's safe? Yeah. What is that? What does that even mean? That you know, mean? and if it happened to your friends who it was their actual Uber driver, then it's like that is even worse and that is even scarier. And I was with a guy. That's what yeah. scares me is like you're never actually safe. And yeah, it wasn't that a girl was traveling alone. That's literally that you weren't <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, people on Twitter, I put it on Twitter and whatever, and people said some shitty things like, how dumb are you? How drunk are you? And those, their comments are correct. I was drunk. I'm not going to deny that. But But, you know what? Drunk girls are everywhere. And it's like how- We're sleeping the nation, baby. We are animals, all right? (laughs) I think in the last podcast, I said I'm a fucking animal. And (laughs) now I'm more like a bird. I'm calm. (laughs) Oh my God, I did. I fucking- I was having the worst day in rehab, which was just a day in rehab. And I opened the door to my lodge and I hear a bird go, ah! and I looked down and I had opened a door and like killed a bird, wow. a baby bird. Cause it had fallen out of the nest. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And then like the receptionist saw me and she was like, oh my God, oh my God, you killed it. You killed the bird. And my friend was there. And so the receptionist picks up the bird with her hands. He's like, you should bury her. You should bury her. I'm like, why are you putting this on me? <laughs> like, yeah, you're the killer. I've gone you're... through a lot, okay? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, haven't I been through enough? Why, yeah. why are you Why are you pinning me as a killer here? So I have to dig a hole for this baby bird and my friend's helping me. And she goes, did you ever think in your life you would be burying a bird that you killed in rehab? And I was like, to be honest, it's not the most shocking it thing. It wasn't at the bottom of the list if we're going to be real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been, I mean, I'm glad you're talking about it the way you are, because as much as it is just letting people know, like, Hey, do what you can to be on guard. Cause clearly like there's nothing you can do to prevent it necessarily. It's just doing your best. But I think it also lets people know, like the more you talk about it and you're the more you're like, no, no, like, don't be embarrassed about bringing it up. Don't be embarrassed about going to the cops. Like tell everyone. It also lets the like fuckwads that are actually going to do it like any worthless piece of shit that actually thinks they're going to do this and pull it off. It's like, no, we're mobilizing now. Like we will call you out. You will get like DNA will be there. You will get arrested. It's going to happen just because the more that people feel comfortable, if God forbid it happens to be like, Oh no, like I don't want to get, let that guy get away with it. It lets people know it's like, this is about to be very, very hard for you to pull off. So just don't. Yeah. You know, I read a lot of Brene Brown in Mm. my rehab you know she talks a lot about shame and guilt Mm. it's okay to have guilt because guilt is like I did a bad thing where shame is I am a bad person yeah and I think when this happens people just have a lot of shame and or it's guilt that turns into shame because they don't want to talk about it and then they feel like it's their fault and they just blame themselves and I don't even fault a girl for blaming herself because we have set it up that way we've like told women it's their fault because they were drunk you know and that's just like fucked um, but I did come forward and I am pretty public about it because I, I think it's scary. It's, it's, it is scary. And I was like, I don't want to put this on my Twitter. Cause I just have like dumb jokes. But then I was like, what's the point of having a following if I can't help someone, you know, right. like that's feels that felt weirder to me. I don't have a huge following. I understand that. I'm not like, you know, Chrissy Teigen and all this shit, but I just felt like I would just be a coward. It'd be like, I don't know. I just it, well, like then I think it like I think it is a part of the process of like just working through it too because otherwise you're like well no one can know let me still try to be funny but keep this a complete secret and that's hard 
So it's yeah. easier to be like, hey, this is a part of me. I am working through it. I'm still going to do the thing I was doing because my life is still moving. So I'm going to keep moving forward. But now this is a part of everything else that I'm doing to move forward. You want to yeah. know the person. It's also like, too, I'm like really trying to change my life now. I mean, I, you know, I bought turquoise for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm really changing. Turning over a new leaf here. Yeah, this is the rebirth, you know, the rebirth of me. I just... Yeah, it scared the literal shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't poop, relax, but <laughs> I I should have pooped. <laughs> should have pooped all over his fucking car. Um, but no, yeah, I went to rehab. So interesting. I mean, just the characters you meet. If anything oh. else, every actor should go for a study. I mean, my best friend, my best friend in rehab, she's <laughs> fucking cool. She, uh, I don't want to give away any information about yeah. her, but she got arrested for buying Ritalin over the border <laughs> twice. Oh. She doesn't give up. <laughs> no, you got to love that perseverance. That's an admirable trait. Yeah. I could just tell from when we were talking in the beginning, I'm like, this girl, she like, gets it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's fun. And I was like, what are you in here for? She's like, Ritalin. I was like, I love it. We just bonded over our love of taking too much Adderall and making lists. She doesn't even have a job. And she was like, the amount of files I have in my house. She sounds like my kind of girl. My Google calendar is like a thing of beauty. And and whenever I hear people like that, they're like, I'm a little neurotic. I'm like, no, no, come over here. Well, you know, when it's. It obviously goes in a different direction, but like. (laughs) When you're on amphetamines, you're cleaning out your basement and making it dirtier at the same time. It's like nothing's done when you're taking too much Adderall. Uh, But yeah, no, it was. Rehab is like. I, I can't even, it's actually exactly what you'd think it is. It's kind of love that. It's uh there was a, a girl there who she had fractured personalities. Have you heard of this fractured oh, personality? What does that mean? Have you ever seen split that movie yes. split? Mm-hmm. It's that. So you oh. change personalities in your head and your voice changes and you're like, you change as a person to the person. How many did she have? Like 15. But I think she only like mostly went between like four or five or something. I was like, this bitch gets four name tags. I haven't even gotten one yet. Okay. It would just be weird because it would be different at lunch and dinner. It was very interesting to see. I felt like I was in what's that live theater performance in Chelsea that they do? I think that's just walking down. With the masks. What's it called? Sleep No More. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to sleep no more? I haven't, but I've heard of people that have gone and they're like, it is an experience. Yeah. It's a live theater performance. It's interactive. And that's what I felt rehab was. I was like, am I in a fucking simulation? Like, did you feel like you were kind of on the Truman show? You're like, did you cast me in this? Like, did I finally do it? I did feel like a star of my own show, but um, they did shoot a commercial at the rehab. Oh, but you could tell, um, who was an actor because they weren't wearing a fucking patient band. <laughs> I was like, where's their tracker on their fucking Fitbit? Cause we all have trackers. And so I was like, I'm actually an actor. They're like, get her some more medication, get her on, <laughs> get her her meds. But the- in this, you're like, wait. Yeah, literally they're like, clear the set, clear the set. It was clearly a silent commercial. So you couldn't hear all the screaming in the background. <laughs> In the commercial, the thing they were shooting for this commercial, for this rehab, it was a guy who stared up the the flag, stared out to the mountains, and then looked into the camera and smiled. I was like, that's the rehab commercial. I want to shoot like a real rehab commercial, which is like a 45-year-old man throwing a temper tantrum because they're out of Oreos. (laughs) 
Wait, where do you see a rehab commercial? Is that like on YouTube or is it just on the website? No, I think it's on like local TV. Okay. Okay. This is like University of Phoenix level shit. Okay. I don't want to brag, but Tiger Woods went to Sierra Tucson. They called it University of Sierra Tucson. I don't know if I can say where I went. I don't fucking know. That's probably a no go. I can't say where I went. I mean, but if you Google it, Tiger Woods comes up. Oh. So if you Google like celebrities that went to Sierra Tucson, Tiger Woods went there. Um... Nicole Richie went there. How do you give such a glowing endorsement? That's nice. Yeah, it was just, I don't know. They like they tried to make it fun. It was weird because it was a lot of high schoolers. So there was a rehab prom, which Aww. by the way, I didn't get invited to. I was like, what is this? High school? Excuse me? <laughs> Again? That a lot. And that's when you go for an extra hour of therapy that day. You're like, I'm just dealing with a lot right now. <laughs> yeah, in group therapy. I was like, this is <laughs> triggering. I wasn't asked to prom for the third time. Thanks for the help, guys. I was like trying to get my friend to go with me. I was on, have you heard of Trazodone? No. I'm going to say for rehab, I learned a lot of pills. Yeah. Because um, it's it's just a sleeping pill. They say it's non-addictive, non-habit forming. And I, I didn't get a prescription when I left because I was like, I can make anything addictive. I was going to say same. I'm like, that sounds incredible. So I'll be Googling that later. Yeah, it's, I mean, melatonin, it's, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was on melatonin and trazodone. Trazodone, because you get a snack time. Dinner is at 4.30, which is offensive to me. Yeah. I'm like, they think we fucked up our brains so much from drugs and alcohol. We're just fully geriatric. They're like 4.30 dinner. <laughs> but <laughs> when did we you get, get a your snack? snack? At 8.30. Ah, okay. So I got my sleeping medication at 8. And by 8.30, I was like fighting the sleep. And I was like dipping Doritos in cream cheese. It was like such a... <laughs> We tried all the snacks, you know, that's when you really have to get it all. I think this sounds like a lovely place and I would like to go. I think rehab could help everyone, you know? Oh, I think so. I mean, when the guy was checking me in, I I had to do like eight intakes, you know? Yeah. Where they like search you and shit. And he was like, why are you in here? And I was like, "Um, because my parents are rich as a joke. He did not think that was funny at all. I bombed so hard. I was gonna say this was really not your spot in terms. It was of, just, at least you were trying out new material. You always working, baby. Yeah, I was really. Um, he was like, "Yeah, do you mind removing the drawstring of your pants for safety issues?" I was like, um, "The only thing that makes me want to kill myself is trying to put drawstring back into pants, yeah. sir." And he was like, "Again, not that's not funny." Um, <laughs> Okay, so can't work at a rehab because you cannot have a sense of humor. And I would be like dying at all of this. A big, uh, Miss Corby, we're gonna have to let you go. You're not supposed to laugh at people. It's, yeah, it's very, I was, very it's probably the most serious I've ever been. You know, I wasn't serious all day, every day for sure. Um, right. But it was hard because, you know, a lot of people use the word trigger. If you think liberals use that word a lot, that word is fucking everywhere in rehab. Everyone is, that's triggering. That's triggering for me. For everything's fucking triggering. And then I started using it when I wanted to get out of a conversation or I wanted to leave class early. I'd be like, you know what? This is triggering for me. I got to go to the pool. I got to go to the pool. This is really triggering for me. I got to go tan. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go get a snack because I'm triggered. <laughs> I'm actually not going to come back to class all day. Thank you. I'm triggered. It was kind of nice. I'm not hating this. You're really selling it. So maybe this is the commercial just inadvertently. I mean, but it's also like it was in Tucson. Right. So it was 115 degrees daily. They had to close the pool by the end of it because it was too hot to use the pool. Mm. You couldn't be outside when it was hot. So it was like you could really only be in your rooms and you couldn't have your phone. You could. I had phone time certain hours of the day, but it was that might be a good thing for me. I like 
I got a high five from my phone. That's like, you're down 5% for only spending six hours on your phone today. I'm like, all right. I got to say that part was kind of nice because then when I would look at Instagram and see people like having fun or succeeding, I was like, fuck, I'm in rehab. It did feel kind of nice not to have my phone or so I got in the morning at seven and then at night at four for like a half an hour. And I'd be like, gonna have a lot of texts. Um, no text. No, not not a lot. Um, that was triggering. I had to process that a lot. <laughs> They're like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "No one texted me last night." I made a hinge in rehab. That was a rock bottom. Yeah. Well, because I was like talking to my roommate. We had roommates, by the way. Amazing. It really was like going back to college. It in- felt like summer camp. It felt like yeah. summer camp, but more tattoos. You know, just like more pills and tattoos. Um. But what was I going to say? Um, I didn't know you, like, of all the places to make a hinge, like, were you looking within the Tucson area? Well, no, no, I put it in New York because I'm okay. coming back. I'm coming back to New York next week. I'm looking. Yeah. But no, I made a hinge because I was talking to my roommate. I was like, it's going to be so hard to date sober. And I know that shouldn't be on my mind. I shouldn't care about boys. And I, it's really not like I'm not. But I also that gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. And she was like, my roommate was like, why don't you just make a hinge that says you don't drink and you'll be surprised at how many people like you. I got to say, it's not a lot when you're sober. (laughs) I think like, but no, I agree with her. I think it'll, I mean, it weeds out any kind of weird conversation because the other people that either don't care also don't drink. Then you're like, okay, well, like you'll have the conversation, but you don't have to bring up why. And truthfully, like I'm looking to date a guy who's like 30, 35. And if it's a deal breaker for a girl not to drink alcohol, that's like a huge red flag. (laughs) I think you'd also be surprised to find how many people like, if they drink, they don't drink that much. Like those are the guys that are like, I mean, we can go out, like I'll have a beer if you're cool with it. They don't need, like, even if they do, they don't need to on a date. I come across those all the time. And it's kind of a non, like there are plenty of people that are like, I drink, but like rarely. And it's just because when they're older and more successful, and by that, I mean like mid thirties, they've just kind of hit a point where they're like, I'm not getting fucked up because- I've got other stuff. To I, do. I have things to do. I know. But I, honestly, those guys are the weirdos to me. I'm like, you have one beer, you sick fuck. Like, At least they're not drunk off of one beer. That would bother yeah, me. That, like, that's if you can true. Just be like, I'll just have one or two and then I'm good. That's fine. I cannot deal with lightweights. So I'd rather you not drink at all. Than be that person. Than be me, honestly. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's me. Well, the thing is, I'm already like a fucking, I'm already kind of a crazy person. Like I just, I already am at a two drink minimum when I speak. <laughs> like people lose their filter when they're drinking and I just yeah. don't have one. So yeah, when I just drink, never been there, everything goes. So yeah, if a guy has a couple of beers, that's actually probably would probably be at the same level. <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, I just feel like I'm going to have a hard time dating when I'm sober. And my mom was like, you're having a hard time dating now. <laughs> I was like, I had a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend. <laughs> hey, remember FYI <laughs> to my therapist, I felt like I had to prove that like a guy has liked me before. I was like, you don't understand. It's yes. He broke up with me, but he was obsessed with me in the beginning. And my therapist was like, Hannah, obsession isn't love. And I was like, come on, give me something here. (laughs) Aren't you supposed to make me feel better? Yeah. Telling me he didn't love me. Can you just give me the answer I wanted to hear instead? Just for shits and giggles. Like just so I can kind of ride this feeling out a little bit. (laughs) No, but like my therapist saying that like fucked me up so much. And I was like, I got to know if he ever did like me. The guy who I was dating. Because, you know, he just like went from being obsessed with me to like ghosting me basically. And um, 
So I called him from a Tucson, Tucson, the landline, and then he didn't pick up and I didn't leave a message. I just hung up and I was like, why did I do that? So if he, if he Googles the number, he's gonna be like, why is a rehab calling me? Honestly, they should recruit him. He needs to go, but. <laughs> I wonder I if they have like a referral program. I have a list. Okay. <laughs> All the guys. <laughs> uh tinder hat you're going to rehab sir chris bumble <laughs> one two and three <laughs> we got your number from hannah dickinson they're like who i don't know a hannah i've literally like also my hannah. name is jake like what are you talking about <laughs> exactly i know i'm like i went to grad school university of sierra tucson <laughs> i was a major in trauma minor in addiction um they had a rehab talent show what what did yes. you do well, I asked if I could do stand up, and the nurse was like, Are you going to upset someone? And I was like, I More mean, probably. Like- <laughs> We're in rehab. Everyone's stand upset. Up. Yeah. <laughs> no one's coming in because they're happy with their lives. Yeah, like, not good to go here. No one skips into rehab. <laughs> Wait, so I guess my next question is which dance team dance did you do from high school? <laughs> well, I went to the talent show, you know, because I got to write down this shit for material. Right. I was, I was really hoping that it would be a bunch of heroin addicts singing, staying alive (laughs) or shake, 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 you know, (laughs) one of the two, (laughs) a little on the nose though. Um, no, it was a bunch of former heroin addicts just doing gymnastics, but they were fucking good. They were like, yeah, they were like high level, you know, tucks and shit. Well, I'm disappointed you didn't participate, but (laughs) I think bombing in a rehab in front of people, I have to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner with every day. Yeah. I think that would be tough to come back from. Be a lot. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> I think I would have to extend my stay for the rest of the year. I, I live here now. I live <laughs> in rehab. This is my home. But yeah, we did a lot. Uh, it was interesting because it's like I did this thing called brain mapping. Have you heard of this? I have heard of that. Yeah. Basically, they stick electrodes to your head, different areas of your head. Mm-hmm. And then you close your eyes for a minute. You open your eyes for a minute. But then they have these weird tests. The first test has a list of colors, but the colors are written in a different color. So it will say purple, but it'll be written in orange. Mm-hmm. So you have to say what color it's written in. So you'd have to be like orange oh. instead of reading the word. Yeah. And you do that for a minute and then you stop and rest for a minute. And then you have to multiply by seven for a minute. Then you rest and then you subtract, you go 1,900 something and subtract by sevens. But if you mess up, you have to start from the beginning and you do that for a minute. Why so much math? See, that's just not fair. That's bias. I can't do that at all. Well, it's to measure your right brain versus left brain. Well, I could tell them. They would start <laughs> t- attaching electro- electrodes. I'd be like, let me save you some time. It's not going to be great over on that side. And I'd be like, you need to go to therapy immediately to talk about your perfectionism problems. It's crazy. The guy gave me a list of my traits. It was like, you have high anxiety. You run high on anxiety. You have severe ADD. <laughs> Clearly, I just spent the first five minutes of this podcast looking for a microphone that was right in front of me. Um, I have mild depression and I'm I'm right brain, but I'm not stupid because I also use my left brain. He's like, I don't read up on anyone before I get their brainwaves. So he was just reading my list and he was like, oh, you should work in a creative field because you're more creative. What do you do? And I told him he was like, oh, that's a good field for you. Yeah, yeah. He was like, do you have a lot of do you spiral a lot? 
sir, are you sure you haven't read up on me? Like, <laughs> yeah, really. We met. I, like, I'm like constantly. He's like, he's oh. your FBI agent that lives inside your phone. It's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you face to face. Yeah, you're the one listening to all my conversations. Got, Got it. it. Got it. Um, but it's it's nice to read on a scientific level that I have anxiety, so that when I'm having anxiety, I'm like, Hannah, nothing's wrong. Your brain is just fucked. You know, like. Yeah you're fine like give it a minute yeah just take a deep breath and fucking curl your toes and look at the sky yeah he could also tell he was like yeah you push yourself too hard and um never take breaks and I was like yeah that's that's probably true and he's like well that makes sense you're a binge drinker because it's the first time that your brain relaxes so it's gonna say give me more alcohol give me more alcohol and you're not gonna have a stop I'm just like allergic to alcohol like I just can't process it right yeah but I'm on this new shot. It's called Naltrexone. Have you heard of this? No. Obviously you haven't. You're a responsible drinker. (laughs) They actually give it to opioid addicts when they overdose. Hmm. It's a shot, but um, you can take it. I'm taking it once a month. So I don't have cravings of alcohol. And if I drink, I'll throw up. But also it's for people who overeat. So I just like haven't really been able to eat. But that's, you know, that seems like a positive side effect. Again, hot girl summer, baby. I mean, the shot hurt so fucking bad. Say, do you have to give yourself the shot or do you go in and get it once a month? No, the nurse bent me over at seven in the morning. I was like, this is a little early for me to be in this position. And she was like, again, not funny. Um, so- <laughs> they had notes on you just at every station you could go to. Babe, just get ready. She's in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I made like a crude joke and they're like, oh, Hannah, are you Hannah? Nurse Adam warned me about you. Um <laughs> This shot is like thick. It's one of those you can feel it go in. It's so thick. It's not quick. It's like takes 10 you seconds. Have to do, yeah. Oh, God. So every month I'm going to be like, you better not fucking drink, bitch. But yeah. How long do you have to do that for? Did they say? Well, they said as long as you're comfortable in sobriety, but it's like I've done six months of sobriety. Not even though I was smoking weed, which I'm not doing anymore. I'm finding God. It's a whole thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like you got to be spiritual on some level. Yeah. And I think after what happened, I think there's a God. There's someone looking out for me, yeah. I feel like, because I should be dead. I don't believe in coincidence anymore. I don't believe in coincidence. That's for sure. I definitely think things happen. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, a. I don't think it's like a dude. No. no like, well, I heard somebody describe it the other day as like invisible sky daddy. I'm like, that makes it sound gross. But maybe then I'd be kind of like, I'd find it funny. But no, I think it is just like energy kind of thing I can get into energies and things like that yeah there's some there's got to be something I'm glad the energy was like nope she can't go anywhere me too I mean it's it's weird to like have that happen and feel relieved Mm -hmm. like I I don't I don't feel relieved like I was very depressed I also feel weird about being public about it because I feel like people are gonna have their opinions about how I should handle it and I I just like I don't I don't even but that I mean that could have been anything that happens so people will always have their opinions just because they're not saying it to their to your face they're typing it on twitter or in a comment and then their avatar is like a boat so i wouldn't worry about it it's just so easy to pass judgment when it doesn't fucking happen to you mm-hmm. i mean i'm a fucking judgmental bitch and now i'm like you know what yeah i have herpes and i've been to rehab i got nothing on anyone i don't it's give a fuck year almost yeah it's coming up on my one i've had herpes for a year Oh, so the other reason why I en- enrolled in rehab, enrolled, first of all, you have to apply. I got accepted. The I woman called me. In rehab. <laughs> yeah, you have to like apply with your trauma or whatever. And they call you back in two hours to let you know if you get in. And they call me back to let me know I got accepted. And I was with my friend Kylie and she was like, Woo, you got accepted. <laughs> it's like an L Woods moment. 
was like, yeah, let's pop some Pellegrino. <laughs> let's get after it. Um, oh, so I went to rehab too because I, I had to be on anti-AIDS medication because I don't know mm. this guy's story. If he's out and about, like I doubt he used a condom. And even if he had it, they said my chance of getting AIDS without the medication would be 0.01. And I was like, honestly, with my luck recently, I'm, I'm not going to take even a 0.01 chance because I can be the person with AIDS and herpes. And if you have both, there's no judgment. Again, I don't judge. Anyway, um, so my mom was like, oh, if you didn't use a condom, like, oh, maybe you gave him herpes like that. Like, oh, yay. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love maybe I ruined his life with. with the disease that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Oh, she tried. <laughs> she tried. She was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You do have you that. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. You're right. It's not that bad. I was like, it's too late, mom. <laughs> you already said it. You already said the word. I'm already looking at you in the hole you dug. So <laughs> what's it like down there? No, I mean, yeah, you would hope that maybe something happened to him where his entire dick just gets chopped off and thrown in a field a la what's her name? Lorena Bobbitt. Was that who that was? Oh, Lorraine Bobbitt. Was that it? I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like we should. I feel like that wasn't that long ago, but either way. Bobbitt? Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after a man raped her, she cut off his dick when he was asleep. I'm a big fan of her. She sounds great. Honestly. Do you ever watch, did you watch Dirty John on Netflix? I don't think I did. I feel like I heard about it so much that it's almost, <laughs> did I, did, did that happen to me? No. I I've heard enough people tell me stories about what it's about. Well, it's based off a podcast called Dirty John. Mm-hmm. That's based on a true crime story about a woman who was basically, she kind of got into a relationship like I did. She let a guy move in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was milking off of her. Um, at least I got a fucking sick trip to Miami this bitch had this guy move in and basically he took her he told her he was a doctor but he was really stealing all her money it's like this really sad story that became a podcast and then a Netflix show or it was an AMC show that became a Netflix show yeah um but they did Netflix did a season two with a different true crime story so it's like a reenactment of a different true crime but this time it's about a woman who killed her husband her ex-husband and his new wife who was his assistant and At first, you're like, wow, this bitch is fucking crazy. Like, that's how they paint her in the first episode. Mm -hmm. But then by the, like, fifth episode, my dad is like, I want to fucking shoot this guy. Because basically, she had four of his kids. She supported him financially while he was in med school and then law school. And then he, like, got really rich and started fucking his assistant behind her back and gaslighting her, telling her she was crazy, and then left her for his assistant. Mm -hmm. And she ended up shooting him and his wife. And there were like three mistrials or something because people were like, I'm not putting her in prison. What he did to her. <laughs> one guy was, I don't know if this is true or if they just added it to the show, but one, one juror was like, I would have shot him earlier. I mean, she did seem, she couldn't move on with her life, but she was like, he is my life. I, yeah. My family is my entire life. And then he took it from me. Okay. Anyway, it's a really fucking good show. I could get into it. I love things like that. True crime things are my shit. Well, especially when it's like that, when it kind of, it starts to play both sides because then you see how normal people actually interpret things like that. And it also shows you how normal people can go fucking crazy. Crazy. They can absolutely lose it. I mean, honestly, after being rehab, I'm like, it's the same thing with addiction. Like no one starts 
being a psycho. It's like, it's slowly over time and then it's out of control. And before you know it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like my, as I made a hinge in a fucking rehab, <laughs> I'm like, men are the fucking worst. All right. But let's see some crop. Let's but I would like to meet one, please. <laughs> show me the options. Now you have to write a song about it. I wish I could fucking sing. Rehab would have been more productive if I was a musician. Maybe that's where you could have tested that out. That talent show. I'm telling you. I mean, I just wish I could be a singer. Like this would be such a great album for you. I know the rehab album, you know, but you can't really make it. I can't really do stand up bits about being in rehab. You can make a song about sexual assault and like have like, you know, you can metaphors, metaphors, exactly. And a good beat. And people are like, oh, that was about her sexual assault. Did you know the bees in that story were actually the sting? And that was the rape. But like, with that was a really good one. That was (laughs) right. Yeah. But with a joke, it's like, I can't do stand up about what happened. Maybe the outlet is you become a songwriter. So then like Olivia Rodrigo can sing your song. And then you're like, but I'm going to keep making jokes about this stuff because this is what I want to perform and do. I'm going to make jokes about lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo. Tell my story. Yeah. I mean, songwriters make a shitload of money and you can be Sia behind the scenes until one day you write a song so great that you're like, no one else can sing this. And that'll be your chandelier. I guess Amy Winehouse just had poems and then she's saying those, but I don't even know how to write. People were writing poetry left and fucking right in rehab. They were like, can I read my poem in class? And I'll be like, oh God, today I woke up a flower and I was like, holy shit. Everyone's a fucking flower in rehab. I'll tell you that much. I, was I mean, like, that's my entire like junior and senior year of college. Just any- you wrote poetry. I was in poetry classes. I didn't write any of it that well. Why were you in poetry class? I was an English major and you had to take- a certain thing. Or I, at that point, my senior year, especially I'd gotten all the big stuff out of the way. So I was just taking the bullshit English classes. So I'm like, this will be funny. And then they did the thing where they're like, we expect you to read every week. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. It's hard because a poem is kind of like every other art form. It's like, I don't know if this is good. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, this rhymes, but does it rhyme? And <laughs> then it doesn't wh- need to rhyme because like not all poetry rhymes, but then you're like, but then am I just talking at you? Yeah. Like, what makes the- poetry? <laughs> exactly. If it's not rhyming, it just kind of sounds like your sentences, you're speaking staccato. I'm just kind of reading my grocery list out loud. You kind of just sound like you have Asperger's. <laughs> <laughs> It fe- okay, so half of rehab felt like adults who were trying to get their life together. And then the other half felt like, you know, in high school, those kids that like skateboarded by the dumpster and like set things on fire for fun. Yes. That's the other half of rehab. Mm-hmm. The younger kids who like listen to screamo music. The ones like- who hung out under this, like the main stairway. In exactly. Our I always called those the kids under the, because sca- they would just like scream at people. Those were the ones that wore tails. But then like the mm-hmm. cool level of that group was like listening to really obscure punk music. Yeah. Those were the ones that wore the t-shirts that are like, you laugh because I'm different. I laugh because you're all the same. But then four of them had that shirt. (laughs) It's those kids. Yes, that is. Yeah, those kids went to rehab and I was with them. Nice. (laughs) I was like, oh, hey guys. (laughs) Chantilly High School represent. (laughs) I think everyone thought I was just like a bitch. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't really, my, I had like a couple like good friends. And when I say good friends, I mean, good rehab friends. Like yeah. We RBFFs. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I read like six books while I was in there. Nice. Um, 
I wrote down everything that I saw. I was like, if I lose this journal, I'm going to get in so much trouble because I kind of want to write a book. But then that's the other thing. Everyone in rehab says they want to write a book. They're like, I'm writing a book about this. I'm ready. I was like, oh, are we all artists here? Okay, cool. (laughs) Got it. I would hope I was in the group where it's just like, I'm just trying to get back on track here. Kind of like Ali Sheedy in what's it called? Breakfast Club, where she like just does weird shit out of nowhere. She the one with the dandruff? Yeah. That's me. That that was me. That was you. I'm I'm moving back to New York. I'm, you know, I'm gonna fucking sage the apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into sage. We had this one um, ritual. It's called the kiva. You write an intention down or things that you want, mm-hmm. and then you throw it in the fire to make it and en- to energize that. And then they sage your body. Yeah. So the first time he's saging me after I threw my intention into the fire, I'm like, "Can you get my pussy?" <laughs> he was like you know he kneels down to get your whole body and I'm like just spend a few minutes down there yeah just right I'll turn around and bend over and then you can really (laughs) sage it out and again they're like Hannah come on um it's fucking weird but it was a good experience I think I needed to go yeah I'm glad you went I'm glad it was good I'm glad it was helping and is helping because I know it's not just like magic but yeah, that's the weird part is like, I just want it to like go away, but you're like, oh no, that's not how this works. Not how this goes. I feel better. I mean, we're doing the podcast. My mom's like, you're we're doing here. a podcast. I'm like, what else am I doing? I'm in your fucking basement. That was the other day I checked into rehab. They're like, where do you live? I was like, my parents' basement. <laughs> I was like, don't you just have a box for that? Like how many people are checking? How is that not an option? Let's yeah. My friend was like, you're like the wedding singer, except you didn't almost get married. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I read Carrie Fisher's book, Postcards from the Edge. Oh, how was it? It's good, but she went to rehab at 29. Oh, yeah. And then Bradley Cooper went to rehab at 29. Oh, and I didn't was, know that. I think he went to, I know he got sober at 29. I think he went to rehab. He might have, that might be just in a star's one, but I know he got sober at 29. Mm-hmm. And um, I was reading this other book called Beach Read, which is very good. And she has a full breakdown at 29. So this um, was just like a theme. Yeah, I was like, you found oh. your people. Well, it's like, if you don't, if you make it past the 27 club, the 29 club is coming at you real hard. Dick slapping you in the face. Yeah. But then apparently it goes up from there. So. And then this podcast, you know, really takes off. (laughs) Finally, we made it. See, Hannah, you did this for the both of us. So thank you. Yeah. You know, I just did this so that we would have something to talk about. The crazy bitch of the week is me for the past fucking seven. I'm going to say since I started dating that guy, the fact that I let him move in is like a full manic episode. That'll do it. Yeah. That's typically that. I feel like that's a good benchmark. Yeah. I mean, he took me to dinner. Hard to see red flags when you're ordering appetizers. Let me tell you. Hard to see red flags when you're well fed, my friends. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. I guess this is the beginning. We're back. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.